Health is everything. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Health is everything. Hi, I'm Eleanor Barrett, age 10. You're listening to Health is Everything, No Kidding, a podcast from the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health. I started this podcast when I was eight, which is the same age that my mom started her radio show called No Kidding. Way back then, my mom hosted a talk show where she interviewed doctors about health issues that mattered to kids. Now it's my turn, and there's a lot to talk about. Health is everything. Why do kids go to school? I mean, I know we have to. There are laws that say we need to go to school, but why? In this episode of Health is Everything, no kidding, we're going to talk about why education is an important part of a healthy life. Because while we learn things like reading, writing, and math in school, we also learn a whole lot more. First, let me give you a little bit of history. Rewind to the 1700s or the 1800s. School is something that some kids got to do, not all kids. Kids learn from home, from their parents, or maybe from a tutor if they came in from a rich family. Young adults were sent to work as an apprentice, learning by watching somebody who is skilled at a particular craft, and becoming good at it yourself with help from the expert that you were working with. Some kids learned to read by reading the Bible or studied scripture at church. And a lot of other kids came from families who couldn't afford school, so they never learned how to read or write at all. In 1852, Massachusetts was the first state to pass a law saying that school was a right and was mandatory. Over the next 70 years, every single state in America passed similar laws. But okay, okay, let's fast forward to the present day and talk about why school was important. Joining me today is Peter Locke, the head of high school at Madison Country Day School in Wisconsin. Mr. Locke has worked at a lot of different types of schools, from a military academy to a private school in Switzerland. He has a master's degree from Columbia University in school leadership. He's particularly interested in how schools can help social-emotional development, which is something we are definitely going to talk about today. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Locke. Thanks for having me, Eleanor. It's great to be here. So I know kids have to go to school, but why? What is the purpose of school? Well, one answer you covered in your intro, which is that it's, you know, legally required for kids to go to school, but that's not the real reason I think kids go to school in the end. Um, I think if you think of it like in a philosophical way, kids go to school so that we can have a better society and a better world, like an informed group of people out in society is far better than uh, a group of people who, who don't know, um, you know, how to think, how to reason. Um, how to make conclusions. Um, but I think also what people need to feel like a sense of belonging and a sense of self-esteem or, or um, there's, a, there's a, a thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is basically like a big pyramid. And at the bottom, it's like the basic stuff you need, like food and shelter. But at the top, it's like becoming the best version of yourself. Um, and the fancy word for that is self-actualization. And I think that's kind of what school is for so that whatever somebody like you wants to be, they can be the best version of. But it seems like some of the stuff we learn in school is really helpful, like how to read and write, but other stuff like multiplying fractions, I mean, I'm not totally sure why we need to know it. I've heard part of school is learning how to learn. What does that mean? That's a great question. Well, you do need to know multiplying fractions. Um, 
but that's largely so you can learn other mathematical concepts as well. I mean, every different discipline like math or reading and writing um, has a, a use in helping people learn how to learn, but, and, but learn how to think clearly. Um, so some of the stuff that you learn in school isn't going to be stuff that you're going to use in your daily life, right? Like you're not going to necessarily need how to multiply, need to know how to multiply fractions so that you can, I don't know, give, so, you know, write a tip on a restaurant bill. You are going to need to know um, how to struggle, how to learn something difficult, and then uh, eventually how to apply it to new and unfamiliar situations. So learning how to learn is like taking stuff that you know uh, and applying it to a situation that's unusual or that you're not familiar with. That's, that's part of what that means. But I mostly like going to school to see my friends. Is that part of the education I get from school too? Absolutely. Every day when you go and see your friends and you, um, does your teacher ever put you in like a group to do a project? Yeah, I always, if, if we get the chance, I always choose to be with my friends when I do that. Yeah. And so, and part of that is, um, and, and usually what are you doing? Are you like completing a project or a task or something like that? Yeah, we do projects. We also, um, in math time, we're doing a lot of exercises together, like in mm -hmm. games. Yeah. And so you have to learn how to cooperate, right? Um, you have to learn how some people might know a little bit more about something than you do. And, and sometimes you might know a little bit more about something than they do. And so you can help them. So that's a skill, helping people, cooperating, um, but also just being together to tackle a problem. Um, that's, that's part of um, the education you get at school. And that's part of what you need in the real world, so to speak, the quote unquote real world. Yes. And one of the things that you're interested in is helping kids learn social and emotional development. What does that mean practically in kids' language? Yeah, social and emotional development is kind of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the, uh, okay, so here's, here's an example. Um, uh, call it, like, try to remember a time when you got really frustrated. Do you remember that, a time? Yeah. Yeah? And... Did you do something while you were feeling really, really frustrated that maybe you wouldn't have done otherwise that was maybe a little silly or acting out a little bit? Yes, I've done that before. Okay. So what social emotional learning is, is like helping you be aware of that in yourself, right? So if, if I'm frustrated and I do something silly or, or I act out in a way that I'm not necessarily proud of later, um, it's helping me be aware of when I have that feeling and how that impacts like how I learn and how I grow too. Right. So um, social emotional learning is also really important for working with people. Um, you know, you could be a doctor or a lawyer or a, um, you know, a researcher, or you can work at a restaurant or do anything else in life and you're going to have to work with people. Um, and in order to do that, you're going to need to be, um, you know, you're going to need to have some kind of emotional development where you can really interact with other people. But is that why you like get punished? Like, so that you can like learn like what you did wrong, like <laughs> being sent to your bedroom and then like, <laughs> somebody comes in and tells and like asks you what you did wrong and like how you can do better. Well, if you zoom out from that, so, okay, so you do something wrong, you get sent to your room, and then somebody comes in and asks you, 
you know, what did you do? Right. They ask you like, what was going through your mind? Right. Do you know what act action or activity you're doing when you're asked to review something that you've did? Do you know what that's called? No. What is it called? It's called reflection. Right. So have you heard that word before? It's one of the character traits. It is uh, the IB character trait of being reflective. So what, what people are asking you to do is to think about how did something go like uh, you know, an activity or an action, what was the result? And then thinking about it afterwards to be reflective is that's a really important part of social and emotional development too. Um, you know, if I push you over on the playground and afterwards, nobody asked me to think about why that was a bad idea. I may just hum along thinking that was a great thing to do, but if I have to think about it and I have to review that and I have to reflect on it, then I might come to a different conclusion. Yeah. And like, that's, that's a lot for schools to try to teach us. We take tests on facts that we're supposed to know, but it sounds like school is trying to teach us a lot more. How do you measure success in teaching? It's a really, really hard question and a good one. Um, success in teaching, you know, there's, there's test scores, as you mentioned. Um, there, are, um, there are lots of different ways that people try to measure success in teaching. The other really difficult part about it is Eleanor, you, you may have a teacher right now whose impact on you, you may not recognize until you have a child that's in third grade or something like that, you know? Like it might take a really long time for that teacher's work to, um, you know, become, become obvious, let's say. So measuring success in teaching is um, the best way of doing it, in my opinion, is to see a lot of it, to see whether or not that person who's a teacher is reflecting, is like we were talking about on it before, always trying to improve. And then to see how are the kids in their classes doing? Do they know what's going on? Do they have a clear sense of direction and purpose? Or are they, are they happy? Are they engaged in learning? I mean, a lot of it's really subjective. So measuring is a cool word because sometimes it's like something uh, numerical, like a test score, but sometimes it's also something um, that you have to talk about, like whether or not kids like being in that person's class or, or like learning. Yeah, my my fourth grade teacher, Miss Hall, um, she made class very fun and so did my teacher, Miss Lowless. They made class like just seem amazing. But then why don't we go to school like all year long? I love having summer vacation, but why, but why don't we go to school all the time? Well, the, there's a sort of practical reason for that. The, the original reason that school let out for the summer is so that kids could go help out on the farm. Um, so the, uh, the historical reason is that summer vacation exists so that, uh, kids probably as young as yourself could go like harvest corn and stuff. Um, that's probably not how you want to spend your summers, but that was the sort of original purpose. The truth is now what, what summer has become is a way of, um, mixing it up for students. Students and teachers both also need to recharge their batteries. Um, the school year, especially this last one, were you tired at the end of the year? Yes. Were you tired of looking at, you know, not just at a Zoom screen, but all of the challenging parts about this year? I think everybody was, right? I mean, I'm happy to be able to go to the pool every day and like to just relax. Yeah. And I think that's, 
that's going to be important for when you come back to school in August is when you feel rested and relaxed, you can learn, you can be a better learner. Um, so I think that's probably why summer vacation sticks around. School seems like it's important for not only teaching our brain things, but also for our psychological health. Should schools teach um, other life skills like healthy eating and how to be a good mom or dad? Well, if somebody's teaching how to be a good mom or dad, I would like to take that class because <laughs> that's a that <laughs> that seems like a really hard thing to teach. Um, it's it's an interesting question because uh, like you know, what are, what are the things that you should learn at school versus the things that you should learn from your family? Maybe you belong to some other organization in outside of school, like a, like a religious organization or something else where you might learn, you know, values and morals. Maybe you part of the Girl Scouts or something, you know, like there are other organizations that, that teach um, those types of things. Um, so what is, what is the responsibility of schools? I mean, I, I think that if there's a, if there's a, I think teachers would answer it like this. If there's a need for something in our schools, then we should be talking about it with our, with our students. Um, we talk about healthy eating uh, in our, in our health classes. And um, we don't necessarily talk about how to be a good mom and dad, although I think that that is, is discussed a little bit, but I think we talk about, Oh, do you talk about that in fourth grade? Um, well, we did discuss puberty, but not really about being a mom and dad. Yeah. And I think those topics are really important to cover. I mean, your one of your earliest earlier questions was like about relevance of stuff you learn to your life. Um, and I think students really connect to that. If they think that it's relevant, if they think that it's meaningful, then they'll they'll want to learn it. So you know, if you want to learn more about healthy eating and schools are a place you can do that, then seems like a perfect match to me. A lot of the time I get frustrated with myself because I want to know it already. I don't like making mistakes and getting the wrong answer. Sometimes I get confused and I hate that feeling. For all those kids listening who struggle with school sometimes, would you, what would you tell us? Well, if I had to give, if I had to make it like a really, like, sassy piece of advice, I might say the struggle is good. Uh, struggle is one of the only things that ever gets anything done. Um, I used to use an example when I was an English teacher of productive struggle. Um, and that was one of the phrases I used to talk to my students about, like, if everything comes to you easily, um, and you never have to work hard or if nothing is ever challenging, there will always be a level higher than the one that you're at. So, so at some point you're gonna get challenged. It might not be in fourth grade, it might not be in high school, it might be in college or graduate school or your work life beyond. And if you don't have any experience with struggle, you'll be ill-prepared for that moment. So um, it's not very helpful advice maybe, but when you say for all the kids, who may struggle sometimes, I would say, keep struggling. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. People always ask me what I want to be when I grow up, what kind of job I want to do. But when I heard someone say it's more important to think about what, who I want to be when I grow up, like what kind of person I want to become, is that something I learned in school too? So do you know the difference between explicit and implicit? Have you ever heard those words? 
Uh, no. What do, what do they mean? So explicit means like something that's obvious that's like told to you. Um, and implicit means something that um, is not told to you directly, but that you still understand. I think that school helps you to think about who you want to be in an implicit way. I don't think we talk to you always specifically about that, but we give you examples. Like, um, can you think of a story you read this year where there was like a character in it that you really respected or that you thought was really heroic or, or did something great? Bridge to Terabithia. There you go. So who is the main character in that? It's been a while for me. Leslie, I think. Yeah. And, and what does she do? Does she do something spectacular or, or, or positive? Um, yeah, she has a positive impact, impact on her friend um, mm-hmm. because at the end, her friend realizes that Leslie wasn't the bridge to Terabithia. It was that, um, that they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not going to spoil the rest of the book. but Okay. All right. Well, that's good. No spoiler alerts. But, but like, that's a, to me, that's a good example of like a model right? You had a model for somebody who acts in a, in a positive principled virtue, um, you know, virtuous way. And so that's the kind of thing that I think schools are really good at is the best kind of learning is learning that's happening when you don't really realize it. Did you like school when you were in fifth grade? Yeah, I did like school when I was in fifth grade. I had a teacher named Mrs. Smith in fifth grade. And one of the things that we did in fifth grade is we memorized all the states and capitals. And I was I, and there was a song that went with it. And I really, I mean, I connected with that song. So I think I may, I don't want you to quiz me, but I think I might still remember all the states and all the capitals. I think I've still got that down. And that is something I definitely remember from fifth grade. Yeah, we had a states and capitals test too. I, I don't remember a lot, any, I, I remember a lot of it, but I don't remember most of it. Mm, that would be a good contest to see if you or I could win a state capital contest that'd be good maybe that'll be after the podcast maybe maybe (laughs) what advice do you have for all of us kids who are in school now and maybe struggling a bit any words of wisdom about why school matters and the big picture of our lives you ask very thoughtful questions i think i mean advice for kids i don't know if advice from you know a high school principal is like especially needed for uh fourth grade kids i mean I think one of the things that's true about um, students and children at schools that I find is true for me every day is that um, they're inspirational to me. Um, So oftentimes when people ask me for advice, I feel like I don't have very much because I feel like I'm getting the better end of the bargain. Um, But I think if I had to sort of settle on something and answer your question, honestly, I guess I would, I would say that one of the things that I think about in schools a lot is what kind of experiences are best for kids. And if, um, if you're in school, if you're at school as a student, you have quite a bit of control over that, even though it seems like you might not, um, you can affect the experience of your day of, um, a, a classmates of, of the teachers in a, in a really positive way. Um, and so I would encourage students your age as well to think about, um, what experiences they want for themselves and to, to view school as one of those experiences um, that they can, they can have on their way to, um, you know, you said the big picture of your lives. And a lot of times that's like, all right, what are you going to do after school? But um, 
yeah, I would, I would encourage you to think about what experiences you want for yourself um, in a really active way. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. Locke. Learning about learning was actually really interesting. I hope other kids out there learn something too. Thank you, Lenore. I appreciate it. Health is everything. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Health is everything. Thank you for listening to Health is Everything. No kidding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend, or rate it on Apple Podcasts. You can visit us at exploringhealth.org and follow the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health at EmoryCSHH on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time!